Hello, and welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. And now let's introduce our host of the show, Ms. Gina. Hi, everybody. How are you? It's me, Gina. Welcome to History Bluff. Uh, today is the night where you will find out um, whether truth is stranger than fiction. We are going to do a fun show tonight, um, and we're all wearing fun hats just for no reason at all. It's not like it's National Hat Day or anything, but we'll maybe unpack what that means later. Who knows? Uh, anyway, so like, welcome to the show. We are going to have fun tonight. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how it will work. Tonight, we have picked a topic, one topic, and all of the uh, historians that will be coming on will be telling you a story related to that topic. One of them will be bluffing. The other two will not be. And there will be somebody also, a wonderful contestant tonight, to help sort it all out with you. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, let's just get our historians out here. Then I'll give you the real rules of the game and we'll get going. So, uh, first from Chicago, Illinois, let's welcome Carlos Rivera. Woo, hi, Hello. Carlos. Happy to be here. I love that. I love that. The first thing um, that I wanted just to uh, talk about would be your hat. Um, it's got the it's got what looks like the golden girls on it that's fantastic it is the golden girls you have a you have a good eye for golden girls i have good glasses yeah, <laughs> so good glasses for golden girls it, uh, what's, what's up with that do you are you a fan what which why'd you get who's that? not a fan of the golden girls who doesn't love Freaking the golden out. girls yeah. look at the right the writer roster for that show and you'll see all the big comedy writers of the day over the past 20 years uh, like you'll see them all like have an association with that show and that right uh, i didn't know that what a fun what a fun neat tidbit of information that's why you're one of our historians you're smart I, uh, am i am i a historian now oh you mean another episode yes yeah yes very cool yes. so um that's yeah. carlos everybody uh, and um let's move on we're going to bring in our next uh, historian and his name is adam bellis and he's normally tech adam but tonight he's going to be telling stories hey adam i love your hat hi it's good to hi. be here thanks for the hat compliment the hat will compliment yeah um hey uh, i have a question for you um uh, you're you're a tech guy right i am do you play video games ever uh, uh, some, some selectively, oh, okay. yes. Okay, your choice, Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man? I'm gonna go Ms. Pac-Man, the music's better. Oh, that was like, that was solid. It's like you thought about that before. That was a good, that was a quick answer, oh, yeah. but I agree with you on that. But they both give me anxiety when I play them. So <laughs> once you hit the, Fair. once you hit the, you know, the cherries, those ghosts are crazy. So like, yeah. They get crazy. You try to get them, and then sometimes they get you before your cherries run out. Oh, it's Some, crazy. That's the life motto. Sometimes you get the ghost, and sometimes the ghost gets you. Ah, that's a good motto. Ah, well, let's we'll keep that quote. And if you and ladies and gentlemen, if you quote it, you got it here first at History Bluffs. Um, and then um, we have one more historian tonight, and his name is. We Chris actually Peter. have two more historians, Gina, because Carlos tonight will be our. Oh, he's a judge contestant. I and that's why I introduced him first. He is like the best part of the whole show. He's our contestant tonight. I forgot. He's usually a historian, but tonight he represents you, the studio audience. And so that, so Adam's our first historian. Let's get our second real historian. It is Chris Barry. Everybody say hi to Chris. Hello. Chris, you doing, Chris? Hello, hello. <laughs> hi, Chris. What's up with you? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Good to be back. 
See, um, Chris, if there are a bunch of uh, dogs or wolves together, do you know what that might be called? Uh, a, a gaggle. If a gaggle geez, of dogs. Gaggle of bees is a grouping. No, uh, it's a it's it's a wolf pack. It's a wolf, wolf pack. Wolf awesome. pack. Yeah. Um, question and bonus points if you know it. What do yes. you call a group of alpacas? Um, <laughs> hey, I, I don't know. A pack of alpacas. Oh, uh, that was a good guess, but you're not right. So we're going to save the points for somebody else. But that's awesome. But everybody, welcome, Chris. Thank you so much. Uh, so, now, you didn't get it correct, but that doesn't mean you're after show. We'll come back to you in just a second. What was the right answer? Oh, well, I mean, hack -a -pack. what's that? Hack -a pack. A hack a pack? A hack a pack. Hack -pack. Not yet. Not yet, everybody. Okay, so now here comes um, our last historian. Everybody say hello to Darren Humphrey. Hello, Darren. Darren. Hello. Hi, Darren. Good hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. Darren, so you've been in the house of, of yours for a long time as we see all those cool uh, masks around um, there. Right. Where, where did you get those from? Where did uh, those all, all over the place. Each one is from a different country. Very and cool. was made in that country. Before you, um, before you got that house, uh, how many times would you say you moved? How many times had I moved as an adult? Yeah, as an adult, or even a child, it doesn't matter. Maybe four times as an adult. Oh, so that's that's not as much packing as the average person. I think the average person moves to college, then they get an apartment, then they get. Uh, married and then they get a house and then they get divorced and they get another house so like it's funny how things well, that's four times right there but you're still that's married so that's good i'm still married I, I even found my wedding ring oh where was it it was in the chair that i sit in and it had been there for six months and i could not find it i love that <laughs> that's great that it classic was just like, same thing happened with my glasses the other day what happened same thing happened with my glasses the other day you found him in my chair? Yes, I found him in your chair. I'm sorry I didn't let you know. I, I locked the door when I left. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. That. That's good because that protects all the masks from being taken. That's awesome. Okay, so we're going to get right right into the show now. And um, I wanted to let the whole studio audience know that tonight's stories will all be inspired by one word, and that word is pack. And um, in case you didn't, in case you couldn't figure it out from all of my unique questions. So we're going to get started. Um, I'm going to tell you the rules and then we will go over to the historians and start the game right away. So um, Alan is going to be te our tech tonight. Hi, tech Alan. Hello. Um, I am um, just kind of stumbling my way through this, but uh, everything's not going to be perfect tonight. But that's OK, because we can roll with the punches. Heard. Uh, so hint hint uh so anyway we're going to start now and let me tell you the rules and alan if you make a mistake that's all right no one will no worries um the rules tonight um our historians were given the topic uh, just a little while ago they're going to take the last two minutes right now for just a little bit more research in case they just want to finalize or piece together their story how they're going to present it but um when they talk about their stories the person who is bluffing they will be completely bluffing in other words their story will not they might have some historical figures in there that may be accurate to the times and things like that so they may make a couple of references but the whole story as a whole is not true. The premise in, and the actual story is a bluff. Uh, if somebody is telling the truth, it must be a complete 
true story, completely true story. So uh, they cannot tell any parts of the story as a lie. Uh, if they don't know it, they'll just tell you. Know, if they don't know a portion, they'll just tell you you don't know when it comes time for questions. But they cannot lie. Uh, the last thing we just ask all of you out there to please, uh, if you are going to Google and look up anything that we're talking about, please don't share it in the comments because what we'd love is for the entire studio studio audience who does not necessarily want to find out which story is true or which story is not. Um, we would love for them to be able to play along and not be um, given the answer just yet. So if you know who the bluffer is because you know the story or you know that they are are lying, please don't let anybody else know. And that also goes for the uh, for the historians. They are not allowed to look anything up on Google uh, that might indicate who or, or whether the other contestants are, are lying. So um, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, Darren, did you have something or was that just like, or? Yeah, just touchdown. Okay, touchdown. I, that, like, with your fingers, it's adorable. Okay, so um, that's like the touchdown you do when you, you flip Paper that football. So um, let's start. Let's just get started. We're going to go um, in the order that you are from top to bottom. So uh, Carlos will be our judge uh, slash contestant for the show. And we're going to start with Adam. Whenever you hear the boom, uh, your time will start. And that goes Adam's right going to start during <laughs> round yeah, one. Good, Alan. See, I messed up. I should have I queued you up for that. So That's we, fine. Look at us, look at us, making it happen. We all are flawed, and it's perfectly fine. So I yes, believe you you Adam's going to lead round one. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. Adam's going to read lead there, lead round one, right? Yeah, he's going to lead it. Yeah, you know when he's going to lead it? Right now. It. I've, I've got something juicy. Oh, where's, uh, my timer's up. I'm going. Okay. <laughs> all right. I have, a, I have a wonderful tale to tell you. You, of course, have probably bought Colombian coffee or been in the store and seen Colombian coffee in your life. And you probably maybe even have heard of Juan Valdez, who is a completely fictional character. He was made up for the ad for Colombian coffee. Uh, however, there's also a pack mule in the imagery next to Juan Valdez. And that pack mule's name is Conchita. And I have news for you. She is very, very real and has a story. So what happened was um, in, early, in the early part of the 20th century, there was a lot of tumultuous political uprising in Colombia. Okay, And in the capital of Bogota, there was violence, actually some really bad violence in the 1950s. It was actually called La Valencia. It was called The Violence. And it, there were riots and it was awful and the town was burning and, it was, and, and uh, everybody had to flee the city. Well, there was one family, the Gutierrez family, uh, Marco and Maria, and their uh, son and daughter, Jorge and Selena. They were trapped in, in the city, and they were trying to get out. And they were accosted by robbers, and Marco was wounded while he was trying to help them out. Oh, my gosh. That is a great cliffhanger, Adam. So that ends your round one. We will learn more about the story in just a bit. But first, I'm going to go to the other panel. Is your time still going? No, it's stopped. Okay, so I'm going to go to the other panelists. Darren, tell us what your thoughts are so far on Adam's story. Well, I've actually been to Colombia, and none of those masks are from Colombia. <laughs> um, but, you know, you'd think I would have heard of this, but I haven't heard of this. It's very puzzling. It is very puzzling. Plus, I thought Valencia was a college, but, you know, it is what it is. Or an orange. Yeah, or an orange. Okay. Hey, Chris, what do you think? Well, uh, I immediately took issue with his pronunciation of Bogota, um, <laughs> uh, so that was one thing. Uh, and then, and then 
he, you know, he mentioned the, the the family. I'm sure very nice people. But then he said that they were uh, hit by robbers. Wouldn't it be banditos? I'm just thinking out loud. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Get it? I think that is the correct word. Um, did you know Frito Bandito got a lot of grief from the Latin community as they as probably they should? When, anyway, let's not get into all of that. Carlos, well, that was a Carlos, you are our judge and our panelist tonight, our contestant, if and you will. You're judge contestant. Yeah. What? Not a panelist. Judge testant. Judge testant. Mm. Judge testant. What is your testimony for this round? Well, if I learned anything from the film Encanto, from the oh. Disney people, I learned that uh, Colombia has a trouble pass, which would drive people into the wilderness to discover magical houses of magic. So there is some truth to what Adam is saying. So I'm, Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistically skeptical. Okay, so you didn't quite call him a liar, but you are not 100% on board, but you're interested. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay, all right. Thank you, I'll Carlos. That was a good I'll observation, um, except for I didn't understand the magic part. Well, then you've never seen Encanto, and I feel no. sorry for you. Please don't spill it for me, okay? Wow. There's a I magical didn't... house. <laughs> okay, well, all right. Well, now I don't have to watch it now, I suppose. Okay, so let us go on. We're going to switch on to our next next contestant. That's going to be Darren. And Darren, uh, tell us your uh, interpretation of the subject of pack. Great. Starting... So oh, hold on, hold on. Let's <laughs> give you the actual cue. All right, go we're going to we're going to do this right okay. this time. Ready? Yes, I am ready. Now. All right, so last show, if you listened, we went back to 1974, and I'm going to take you way back to 1974 BC. And my story takes place in ancient Babylon. Now, you won't find Babylon on a map, but you will find Iraq, which is where Babylon was located, just sort just south of modern-day Baghdad. And nowadays, when you think of Iraq, we think of the Gulf War and all of our soldiers who serve. So with that in mind, my story is going to bring a whole new meaning to the phrase, thank you for your service. Uh, in ancient Babylon, the Temple of Venus was packed see, with virgins. <laughs> the temple law stated that before a woman could be married, she was required to go to the temple wrap her head in white cord as a symbol of purity and wait in line for her turn to be of service to the goddess Venus. There were always hundreds of women waiting and they were all waiting for the same thing, which is for a stranger to come up and throw them a piece of silver and say to her, I beseech the goddess Venus to favor thee. And then they were required by law to leave the temple with that first person. Oh my gosh! Okay, so they were given silver, and they were. Re Wait, are we still going? Sorry, oh, I mean to. No, you're not still going. The uh, the buzzer started before the end of the time, but his time is now it. up. Yeah, oh, sorry about that. Pretty clear to see when the clock is done. I think anyone can tell <laughs> when the clock is done. Says yeah, the yeah, judge yeah. testant. Believe the judge. Okay, I believe the judge, and then those of you who are listening on our podcast believe the judge. Okay, so, uh, hey, um, Chris, what do you think about that story about the virgins? Uh, vir virgins, the virgins. Well, I, I tell you what, um, I am uh, originally from New York, and I used to commute on the Long Island Railroad 
and one of the wines I would occasionally take stopped in Babylon. So I can't tell you about ancient Babylon, but I can tell you about Babylon on Long Island. And at the Long Island Railroad Station, there were frequently people waiting there. So I think there's a sentiment of truth in his story so far. That is true. I would agree. But I also and then ancient Babylon was a rock because all of those people were climbing and then that's where all the tongues came out. Like, you know, so I think I think he is sort of onto something. So, um, Adam, what do you think? Well, um, yeah, this is tricky. See, he's gone so far back in time that uh, he like, you know, a lot of people were good with history, like the Civil War, uh, Civil Rights era. And then, you know, maybe uh, Colum Christopher Columbus time. But he's gone so far back. How are we going to know what's going on? So we're reaching here. we got to sew together the facts. <sighs> I haven't heard anything out of sorts yet. But OK, what what I, my, under my understanding is that that far back, the people who would have sewn together the facts or sewn anything would have been the women. So I don't know how they sewed anything while they were waiting in line. Uh, so probably the um, virgins, probably the virgins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Carlos, what, let's let's get your final word on this because you are the final word. As the judge testament, I I know that the seventies BC were a crazy time, but I can't help but think that Darren may just be trying to pitch us his fanfic a line. Of virgins, and all you need to do is roll a coin at him, Darren. That sounds very fan thicky. Very fan thicky from our judge testimony. Uh, uh, to be if clear, fan thick of what? Uh, your fan. I don't know your your personal <laughs> fan thick for the book that one day you'll put in supermarket aisles across the country. And I'm just saying that if in the next round a very pale hero shows up, I'm going to be very suspicious. Very suspicious. <laughs> I like that he drew off of Venus, the planet that was never discovered, hadn't been discovered yet. Um, so let's move along to our round. Oh, Alan, I'm going to turn this over to you. You know what we're going to? It's time for third, right third. now. Has everyone had a shot yet? No, third contestant. No. Third. Oh, excuse me. I, this whole judge thing is messing me up. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm Chris. sorry. I'm the judge. You're the host. Yes, yes. Thank you. Um, Chris, yeah. for you, your time, you get. You do get to go in this round. I apologize profusely, right. and your time does begin right now. All right. Thank you so much. Um, you know, and, and totally unrelated to the uh, what just happened, I, I just want to say this topic sucks. It sucks like a vacuum uh, because I'm talking about vacuum pack. Uh, products uh, and um, the, the how this came up. Um, so if you go back, and I'm going to go back. Uh, so Adam was a little upset that um, Darren went back to 1974 AD uh, BC. Well, I'm going to go back 5,000 years ago. Here's the situation at that time. You know, man hunted. He killed things. He ate it right away, fresh, right? But the sun comes out. Things spoil in the heat. They have to figure out how are we going to preserve this food. So about 500 years ago. Um, they started drying meat as a way of preserving food. 125 years ago, um, they added salt to things. You know, about 100 years ago, they, they determined, they discovered refrigeration. So uh, all this was good progress, right? Well, then, boom, World War II happens, and we had perhaps one of the most critical inventions in terms of meat preservation. Nothing to do with 
adding chemicals or anything, but I'm going to tell you more about that in my next couple of rounds. No, you get a few extra seconds, though, Chris. Well, I'm still going to tell you more about that in my okay. next couple of rounds. All right. Good Good thinking. I think that you, that's awesome that you save a little bit of time um, because we're talking about meat preservation, and I'm okay to wait a little longer. Uh, so, Adam, I'd love your thoughts on that that story, that portion of the story. Okay. Well, first of all, I protest that he just looks like my brother right now. Uh, so, I mean, look at us. we got the glasses and the hair. I'm trying to get over that and get to the story. But for the point of the story, I think he's trying to preserve the fact that he, uh, he's not lying, which he is. This is, this, is, this is piecemeal together from various, I don't know, I think he's been watching the Nature Channel. Uh, no, I'm not buying this at all. This sounds really far-fetched. So let me just get this straight. You just you just sick burned him by saying um, the story about food was piecemealed together. Yes. Um, very <laughs> yes, good. I did. Very good, Adam. You're amazing. Uh, Darren, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm just a little bit offended that he started out with a feint of like trying to go back further in time than I did with my story. But now it's just some lousy story from 100 years ago. Like, uh, care about that. The red herring. <laughs> It was good trickery. I applaud that. Wrong. I will say, Wrong. yeah. Uh, judge Testant, your thoughts? As, as the judge Testant, I have to agree with Darren on this one because I'm fairly certain that Chris said five thousand years first, which is why he would be before Darren, and then change it to five hundred years, which is extremely sus. So, uh, Madam Host, for this first round, which I think is about to end. I'm leaning hard that Chris is the bluffer. That's what I'm thinking right now. I, that may change depending on the outcome of round two. But right now, round one, Chris is looking real sus. All right. So our judge testant has just declared that the vacuum pack round is packed with lies. Okay. So uh, that's that's the first round. Uh, so we'll, we're going to revisit Darren's story right now that was from the uh, 1970s. BC, C. E, I think they added an E, I don't remember why. Anyway. Before Common Era. Be, yeah, before Common Era, and no longer before the C word. Okay, so Darren, um, what is mm. your, um, what is your second, well, we're gonna start another round right now, right, Alan? The Alan? round two yeah, is what you. we're starting. Darren, start us off. You, your timer will begin as soon as your face is on the screen and I say the word, start. So my story gets weirder. Thank you, thank you very much, thank you. <laughs> so after accepting the piece of silver, this virgin would go home and have sex with the man she just met. And, and then in that moment, she would somehow become Venus, the goddess, and and pay her duty to Venus. And then at that point, she would be free to marry anyone she wanted, except for the man who she just met and had sex with that moment. No matter how much money he offered, he couldn't purchase her sex and uh, he could never marry her. It was weird, huh? Yeah. And so uh, every woman was supposed to do this, no matter how beautiful or deformed or ugly they were. So naturally, if you were a beautiful woman, someone would pick you right away. But if you were deformed or something, you might spend months in the temple because you were not allowed to go home once you came to the temple until someone gave you silver. 
Oh my gosh, this is so barbaric. This is, I guess it was the time. It's ancient history. Okay, all right. Uh, Chris, what, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I am sitting here wondering if uh, Darren just uh, accidentally came across a, an episode of Married at First Sight on the TV a little while ago and said, hey, I could adapt that into a story. Um, because... <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little skeptical. I love this because any TV producer could watch this show and get ideas for reality shows. That's a great point, Chris. <laughs> Adam, Adam, I'd love to get your take on this. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, it's actually starting to form up a little bit. And I only say that because, let's face it, humanity has a miserable, terrible record with patriarchal domination over the females of our race. And this is lining up with that terrible history. So just on that front alone, it's like, oh, okay, that's plausible. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm still feeling like I'm 50-50 on the, on the truthiness of this one. Yeah, as a woman, I think I'd be offended by the whole thing, unless I didn't get picked. And then I think I'd start thinking, wait a minute, why am I not being picked? Like, that would suck. Um, Carlos, Judge Testant, what do you think? As the Judge Testant, I I think that Darren's fanfic is getting a bit dark now. Uh, <laughs> it, uh, I don't see why a woman couldn't pick the person that gave her the silver. That seems like such an odd rule the person that picked you to and and have sex with you and that's the reason you can leave the temple you can't marry them but you can marry anybody else it's like why why not allow them to be an option i that is the temple looking up for your best interest what's going on here it sounds real real sus has religion really ever looked out for your best interest so I think I thank you, Judge Teston. That was the final word on that. And uh, Darren, we'll get back to more of that story because I mean, she's tainted goods in my opinion, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't think about that kind of stuff then. All right. So we're going to go to our next contestant, our next historian. That's going to be Chris. And Chris is going to continue his vacuum pack story full of fun. Yes, I am indeed. So, um, so vacuum packing really came about in the 1940s. Uh, it was invented by a German inventor, a guy named Carl Busch, no relation to the Anheuser-Busch family. Uh, but Carl Busch uh, started this large-scale vacuum packing um, during World War II. It had industrial-sized usage, um, and it was primarily used for food. Um, and uh, the process where, you know, air-based is removed, um, and it, it reduces spoilage because if there's no oxygen, there's no bloom opportunity for, you know, the nasty bacteria and such. Um, so um, he and he was inspired by dehydrated foods. He had seen, uh, you know, food dehydration where you know, things shrivel up. Uh, and I'm not saying that it reminded him of anything else, but uh, he saw food shrivel up and he said, you know, well, that is interesting because that stays a little bit longer. I wonder what I could do to make it stay even fresh, even longer than that. And he discovered vacuum packing. Whoa, that's awesome. Okay, because I thought dehydration and vacuum packing were the same thing. We're learning something today, we're, unless you like. No, 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 no. So, uh, hey, Adam, tell us, tell us your, your thoughts on that, because that was uh, that was some pretty hefty rounding. Uh, man, it's really starting to sound uh, much like Darren's story, Chris's story is sort of taking a tack 
into the reality of the situation where it's like, all right, this is getting believable. Uh, food was going bad. They figured out a way to fix it. Uh, and and the, the timing is lines up with, you know, pre-industrial revolution and all that stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I guess I'm signing on to Chris's story at this point. I'm flipping. Wow. So you're saying that both stories are plausible, which in essence makes you the liar, I think. Right? No, no, see, that doesn't work either. Because oh, this is getting good. All right, Ooh. all right. So, Darren, tell us, tell us what you think. I, I'm not sure if Adam's a liar. I just think he doesn't know when the Industrial Revolution happened. It was not very. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, more to the point of Chris's story. Um, <laughs> everyone knows the real food innovation that came out of World War II was spam, which is still with us on supermarket Super shelves good. today. And in my pantry. Is that vacuum packed? <laughs> no. Ooh. It's hand. Oh. oh. All right, Judge just Judge Tastic, tell us what do you think? I think Chris is trying to suggest to us that uh, only five hundred years ago did humanity discover we can dehydrate things to make it last longer, even though uh, I, I that would be the five thousand years ago thing like that will be the thing where you let something dry out in the sun and you're like, oh, it's totally dry, but nah, it tastes good. And I didn't have to do anything to dry it out. I just let the sun dry it and it's dehydrated. That's not something that we only had the power to do 500 years ago. I give credit to the ancient ones to have Babylonian. figured that out a long time ago, along with writing. Oh, that's a good question. What kind of food did the virgins eat while they were waiting in line? Was it dehydrated? Were they, were they waiting? Did they have food in line? Did they? I mean, if they were there and for months. Darren, what did your fanfic say? Yeah, uh, do you want to hear part three? Is that what we're doing? No, yeah. no. We're get, oh, yeah. I mean, we will get Play to part three. After, we yet. still have one person Not in yet. this round, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll come to you, Darren. If you have answers for that, great. Bonus points, if not, Adam, uh, your story was really intriguing about Conchita. And I also, I didn't know Juan Valdez was fake. Uh, that was news to me. He looked so real. And they had him in commercials and everything. Um, but oh, Conchita yeah. was real. So last we left, uh, uh, Marco had been, had been hit by the robbers. Continue. Go ahead and start right now. Okay. So Marco, completely beaten and bloodied and, and is in real bad need of first aid. He's on the ground. His wife... Maria and his two kids, uh, again, Jorge and Selena, they're trying to help. So the robbers, they took their valuables pretty much, everything they had that was of vital value, and they left. So they're bleeding. The, str the streets are on fire. They got to get out of the city. So they hobble. They kind of help Marco to a grain, a grain, sorry, uh, uh, like a silo grain processing area. And there's a mule that somebody left behind. And so it's a pack mill and they're like, we got it. So they grabbed the rest of the stuff that they had, a few clothes and items and a little bit of food that wasn't stolen from the robbers. They loaded onto the pack mule. They put Marco on the back of the pack mule and the pack mule helps lead them to safety out of the city. They make it into the forest and through and they find a village of safety and meet up with other refugees where they can sort of re regroup themselves. Oh my gosh. Um, so this was Conchita that took them there? That's right. That was Conchita the mule. That's fascinating and also plausible. So this is getting very interesting. Um, so, uh, Darren, what are your thoughts, please? Well, you know, I'm picturing this. The streets are on fire. It's there's chaos everywhere. And I'm wondering how how did they find Marco? Did they just shout for him? Marco, 
<laughs> Come on. Okay, Chris, make him stop. Chris, make him stop. Uh, I I think that. Uh... <laughs> Give him a tomato, Alan. My God. Oh wow. Here we go. There it is. There it is. Technically, that was right for the picking, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Good job, Chris. Uh, my comment is going to be pretty short here because I, I just uh, so Conchita, the pack mule, took That's all right. of them to safety through these these hellfire streets of Colombia. Uh, I think I think that uh, Adam is just trying to make a jackass out of all of us. Uh, oh. um, Give him tomatoes too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> tomato, tomato. There it is. There it is. Uh, Carlos, our judge, our judge Tastic, what do you think? I love your impact. See, Adam is uh, using, is most directly using the topic, which is pack. I, it's clear. It's a pack mule. It's clear, which is why it's suspicious that he is, he is most on point. So I wonder if it's, uh, if it's a scam. It's a distraction. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like, oh, but we need an answer. Who won this round? I feel like, well, I feel like Chris is still losing. (laughs) Chris is still still, uh, taking the lead for the lie. I mean, Chris is winning in terms of winning my suspicion. All right. Well, I I'm really I really feel like any of these stories could could make it or break it. So this this is going to be the beginning of, of the what is it, Alan? Oh, it's the third round, which we also refer to as round three. Okay, so now we're going to go into round three. I want to actually start off with you, Chris. This is going to be your last round of your story to finish up the the invention of vacuum packed food. Okay, I am just- ready. You ready to start? I'm sure ready to start. And Chris has how much time, Gina? Oh, this is a little bit less. I'm sorry. I should have told you guys you get a little less time, so I hope that you can keep it concise. And we're going to start right now. It's going to be 45 seconds? Um, Yes. Well, let's see. What kind of time are you going to put up? As long as you're cool with 45 seconds, we'll put up the 45-second timer. I love it. Thank you. All All right. Here we go. And we're going to give you a boom. There There it is. Okay. So, uh, we are now going to fast forward from the 1940s to 1963, and Carl Bush realizes they are missing opportunity here with just having these huge industrial-sized packaging, uh, the vacuum packaging uh, machines. So, he, inv- he recreated his invention and, and basically uh, made it smaller, more mobile for other people to use. And that's when you have, today, people have vacuum packaging uh, machines in their house. They use vacuum packaging on other things too, like books, guns and ammo, puzzle pieces, silverware. You can vacuum pack wine even nowadays. And it's all because of Carl Bush realizing there was opportunity to sit on the table. That's very interesting. Is that where the term bushel comes from? No. Okay. All right, no. I tried. Um, Adam, Adam, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I love vacuum packing stuff. I've got a deep freezer. Um, so naturally, this story appeals to me. But I just I don't know. This is this is too clean. I've decided that Chris is the bluff. I'm going with I'm going with our our judge testant, his suspicion. Car- yeah, Chris is right up there. It's too convenient. It's too convenient. 
convenient. Okay, I, you find vacuum packing more convenient than hundred virgins. That's I like that. Okay, Darren, uh, what are your thoughts here? I'm surprised that an American inventor thought in the '60s. You know what? This needs to be smaller. I thought it would be the other way around. I thought it'd be like vacuum packing Buicks and Cadillacs and you know oil rigs. So ah, I don't know. I see. I see. Oh, nice. Well, that's the part of the story that actually did scan for me because, you know, it's it's less shipping, I would assume, less cost in shipping. I don't know. Well, I, I guess I, it's I, true if you shrink down the Cadillac, if it just crushes it down. Yeah, but does it uncrushed after the fact? I don't know the rules on vacuum packing. We I had Lemiel when that came out, but, you know, I don't know. Um, anyway, so, uh, so Carlos, Judge Tastic, what do you think? I I could have believed most of it, but then he said they vacuum packed guns and ammo, and maybe <laughs> there's some reason to vacuum pack ammo. Maybe it lasts longer. Maybe it's less delicate if you vacuum pack ammo. But vacuum pack metal gu like guns, back like a Glock, you're gonna vacuum pack it for freshness? Come on. That's a Come good on. point. What that's is the shelf life of increased like silverware or something like that? Silverware, maybe because it might rust, but the a gun? I don't know. I don't know, but I do know a lot of things come in plastic that seems hard to get into. So um, I don't know. This is this is crazy. So I, I'm going to go to the next contestant though, or next uh, historian, Ooh. Adam. Um, it is your turn to finish up your round three of your oh. story. So this is your last and final this round. 45 okay, seconds on the clock, and you start right now. Okay, the Gutierrez family, they made it out of the city thanks to Conchita, the pack mule, the very pack mule of my story. Now, fast forward about 10 years, the year's 1958, okay? And that's when they, um, the coffee growers of Colombia are looking to start advertising Colombia coffee. So what they do is they hire an ad agency. The ad agency is called DDB Worldwide Marketing Group, and so they go to Colombia, they start getting prepped for the advertising uh, uh, agenda. And what they do is they look for someone to consult with who knows the coffee region and everything. They, so they consult with a young man and they ask him all about it. And he is no other than the young boy, Jorge Gutierrez, whose father was saved by the mule. And that's why the mule is with Juan Valdez. Oh my God. Oh, and this actually supports Chris's story as well, because that was around the 1960s and Colombian coffee, coffee often comes vacuum packed. I mean, I mean, oh my God, this is so good. Okay, Darren, it is your turn to tell your story. Oh wait, we should go to our contestants first because that was too good. Chris, what do you think about his story? I think uh, DDB marketing clearly stands for don't dare believe it. <gasps> no, no. Darren, Darren, your thoughts. I thought it stood for like dodo beans or something. <laughs> so I'm with Chris on that. Dodo beans. Oh, oh, don't believe it. All right, Judge Tastic, what, what are your thoughts? I think it stands for dumb, dumb buddies. He thinks for dumb, dumbs and his buddies, both of which are incorrect. Let's yeah. see. Hmm. How, how long does a mule live anyway? What's the lifespan of a mule? Hmm. Hmm. It's longer Wait, if you vacuum pack it. Uh, Adam's story is actually making me start to believe Chris's story. Chris's oh, story isn't oh. about dehydration more than it is vacuum packing. Then maybe, maybe Chris is telling the truth. 
which doesn't bode well for Adam or Darren. Wow, wow. Chris's, Chris's plain Jane story might be beating the heck out of these crazy tales. So we shall see. Look like um, our next contestant. Um, we are going to have the last and final round will be Darren Humphrey. Go ahead and your story begins right now. All right. So here's the thing. We don't really know how this really weird custom came about. There's several possibilities, um, like the idea of just prima nocta, which you might remember if you saw the movie Braveheart, where the king or someone gets the first night with a woman. Oh. Uh, or this other idea that it was wrong for a family member to spill the blood of another family member, member including a man spilling his wife's blood which is why they thought maybe you should have a stranger do it for him because he's going to bleed a little the first time. What we do know is this is really messed up. And uh, if you don't vote in November, it will probably become law here too. Oh my God, <laughs> that's interesting. Well, he's so controversial here, but I'm in agreement. Okay, so... Um, the uh, protection of women's rights was not necessarily a huge thing. However, if they're really going by the don't, I mean, are you talking about breaking of the hymen, the bleeding? Is that what you're yeah. talking about? Okay, okay. Um, that was a thing back then. It was a really big thing back then. So I don't know. All of this stuff is very plausible. Adam, your thoughts? I, I think at this point, uh, Darren's just trying to frighten us into believing him. I'm scared now. I will definitely be voting. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, sure, his story's legit, or else I'm going to pay the price, or have some woman I know will. It's terrible. Oh, that's horrible. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Chris, your thoughts, please. Um, I still come back to that uh, train station in Babylon, and um, I, I don't see women, as Carlos pointed out, uh, standing there and just taking a coin from a person. They are very good at saying, whoa, you're like, pass by, pass by me. They're so crowded, you could use other people as as uh, you know, shields, I, I'm I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. Oh, I wonder. It must have been awful standing in line. I cannot even imagine. Judge, 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 testant. Uh, Darren's Darren's fanfic has taken a dark and freaky turn now. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, you know, and hey, I don't want to yuck your yum. Uh, it's your thing. It's great, uh, but I'm very sus of the reality of it even now that i think about like the concept of lines and would these women be standing in a line wouldn't they just be in like a group would they even know to get in a line that even sounds sus not to mention all the other crazy shish that you have said since then darren so I, you're right now you're you're now at the top of my list of bluffers well, here's, here's what's interesting, Judge Tastic, is that we are at the end of the game. So, Ooh, I like that, uh, Judge Tastic. Yeah, so Judge Tastic, <laughs> are you, uh, let me ask you, like, so your final thoughts, your final rule, your final vote. Let's is, see. Is, 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 is story has fallen within the realm of uh, possibility. So Chris is no longer at the top of my bluff list. Oh. Adam's story is so boring that I've forgotten parts of it. So Adam's not at the top of my bluff list. So I feel like Darren might be the bluffer. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say Darren. Darren's weird ass fanfic is the bluff. 
So this is the best part of the show because um, one thing that that happened over the course of the show is that uh, Chris's more bland story was uh, more believable as the crazy stories got crazier. So I you know it's, I don't know there was strategy somewhere. So I don't know who's who's bluffing and I don't know who is telling the truth. But you know who does? Tech Allen. Tech Allen. Yes. Allen's going to tell us right now. I'm so excited. That's right. Well, Allen, Gina. Yeah, yes. I, have a, I had a thought. Should we Go ask ahead. everybody else, like, do you guys have any more last final thoughts before we do this? Because this is your time. Otherwise, we're telling. Okay, that's uh, a no. Okay, uh, what were you going to say? Uh, well, uh, I just want to make sure we're ready for the whole ordeal. I think we are. Are we? Thumbs up. Everybody ready? Oh, we don't know, but could it have been Adam? Or was it Darren? Or was it Chris? You don't know, but I do. The bluffer for today, Adam! Oh, there's the music. <laughs> I fooled you mostly, kind of. <laughs> Yes, many people were fooled, Adam. Well done. Now let's Thank bring God. back the rest of our game show contestants and our judge tastic and our host, Gina. Interesting no, strategy to be so bland that we don't even pay attention to your story. Bland? The city of Bogota was on fire. Oh, that's right, the mule. That was your story, the mule that lived forever. But it was a good strategy to to offer that another person's story was land to throw suspicion away. (laughs) That was very good, Adam. I would like to point out that Adam is often our tech, always our tech, and this was his first show actually being historian. So I think he did a great job because you fooled the hell out of me. Didn't fool me. Well, I hope that I hope that you at home played along and that you were able to figure out who the bluffer was or not. And I hope you enjoyed the show. And please subscribe and like us on YouTube and Twitch and uh, HistoryBluffs.com. And we love you, um, everybody. Uh, Thank you for playing tonight. And we shall see you on next episode of History Bluffs. Have a great night, everybody. Yes, have a great night, everyone. Thank you for joining us, and do tell your friends to like and subscribe.